Kifa. Hey, welcome to Move Left Idiots. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I'm joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm um, over a little cold this week, so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess let's just get right into it, because uh, the Harvey Weinstein thing uh, happened this week, and, you know. <laughs> All hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Um, and and they're saying it's you know just the beginning of you know more people to come and more accusations to come and all of that, which is really hard to believe given how many people now have come forward. Yeah, and it seems like this is something that a lot of people knew about. Um, which doesn't surprise me, but it's just really disappointing to know like how many people just yeah. kind of ignored it, knew about it, and ignored it. Um. So, you know, I've, if you've been living under a rock this week, uh, obviously Harvey Weinstein, who's a uh, super, super famous movie producer, um, sorry, the Weinstein Company produced, you know, any, all Kevin Smith's early work, you know, Clerks, Chasing Amy, Dogma. Mara, Shakespeare in Love, Shakespeare, yeah, yeah, English uh, Patient, uh, Goodwill Hunting, Hunting, yeah. Love Goodwill Hunting. Um, and... Yeah, so it came out this week that he is just a massive sexual predator. Um, he sexually harassed... Uh, do, do we have, like, a, a rough count of how many women have come forward at this point? That's a good question. I don't know what it's up to now. I think it's in the dozens now at this yeah. point. And, and a lot of prominent actresses, too, have come out and been like, yeah, I, I experienced this uh, with him. So I, it, you know, it's it, it's it's pretty gross. Um, I'm sure most people have heard the audio uh, that uh, I believe the New Yorker or well, actually uh, the NYPD actually gathered in a sting operation, but the New Yorker had uh, they obtained the audio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ronan Farrow did just a a, a great report uh, on this whole story. I mean, he initially had brought it to NBC to run and you know it had he had something like eight on-camera witnesses uh as you were saying the video uh right. or the audio rather from the NYPD and actually you know what really he did admit it in the audio he really did <laughs> yeah, no, he admitted to, to groping her like the night before the day before right Basically, what happened is it was this. I, I believe she was an actress. She had like been assaulted by him, and I guess she went to the NYPD, and they they put a wire on her because he had invited her back to his hotel room, and she got him to admit while he while she was there that he had that he, he had been inappropriate the, the night before or the day before or whatever it was. Um, and he kept trying to continue to be inappropriate. Yeah, which was... it, and it was super. I mean, it's just super fucking slimy. Like listening to it. And it was clearly just the tip of the iceberg as to some of the stuff he's been accused of. But you can tell, like, his M.O., you know? And it's right. unfortunately something we've seen from a lot of people. It, it's it's disgusting, but if people with power seem to think that uh, women are supposed to do whatever they want them to do. And if they don't, uh, they're totally 
cool with, you know, threatening their career. Uh, it's just so disgusting. Like I, I And the Democrats were in such a an interesting position on this one, right? Because he, you know, was a major donor to a lot of prominent Democrats. And a lot of them, unfortunately, centrists in particular, were quiet about this or, you know, or other, you know, actresses in Hollywood, prominent Democrats, you know, denied knowing anything about it, which is just ridiculous when you look at the volume of allegations. It was clear that this was his reputation. This was his longtime reputation. I mean, people like Courtney Love, she was on camera back in 2005, giving, you know, advice to young actresses saying, well, Harvey Weinstein invites you to a, you know, fancy hotel room, don't go. I mean, you know, this was, this was out there. Um, so, so people like Meryl Streep, I'm really incredulous. I cannot believe that they, you know, they're trying to say they didn't know. Yeah, no, it's disgusting. And it, it, it's just, it, this is, but this is the way powerful people work is that they just protect each other and they don't hold others accountable for their just monstrous behavior. And, and I don't know if you have his exact statement, but it really pisses me off because his excuse was, this is this was the times when I was oh, raised, God, you know, yeah. in the sixties and that kind of thing. You know what? That's fucking bullshit. Because the second that you signed your first settlement, you acknowledged that you had done something wrong, and yet you continued and you continued and continued from the nineties, you know, all the way up to today. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me this is something that you know that you just did and you didn't know any better because because you clearly fucking knew. Yeah. And, you know, that's almost a valid excuse if it was just sexist talk. Like, just, not even harassment, just, like, douchey, like, you know, old man sexist talk. But when it becomes... Get that excuse once, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) No, I agree. And when it becomes harassment, and then when it becomes, uh, I think at this point it's three counts of accused rape, you cannot Mm -hmm. say that that's a product of your fucking time. I mean, that's... The most ridiculous excuse I've ever heard. His brother today even came out and called him like a remorseless monster or something like that. Uh, wow. who, who was his partner for, you know, years with the Weinstein company. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the partners, one of the founders. Um, so, I, you know, I was I, I was really disappointed with people like Ben Affleck and, you know, a lot mm-hmm. a lot of people who are known to have associated with him. uh a lot, but like people like Ben Affleck and Kevin right. Smith have like owed, owed most of their career to him in terms of like their early roles, and it's like, well, Ben like Affleck the, wound up with some serious egg on his face because to come out with a statement then condemning this when he himself has clearly been guilty of this on so many occasions, and then so that's what happened. Then you know, actresses well, came out then and said, you know, so Rose um, McGowan, you too, buddy. Yeah, well, Rose McGowan's been one of the leading voices in this, and she actually was one of the people harassed by Harvey Weinstein. He had to pay her, I believe it was $100,000 settlement years ago um, because of it. And uh, Ben Affleck, uh, I, I, I tend to believe that he knew. Uh, and Rose McGowan basically said it. Yeah. She basically was like, you told me years ago that you told him to stop doing this when I told you what happened to me or something to that effect, you know? Um, right, right. And so, and it, there was just a lot of people like that that came, you know, that, that had really weak sauce fucking statements. Um, speaking of weak sauce statements, uh, mm. another very prominent uh, buddy, uh, This and this is clearly a theme with her, a buddy of Har- Harvey Weinstein's was Hillary Clinton. 
he's been a huge donor. I believe he gave her like one point four million dollars or something insane like that. Just you know, a little here and there, right? <laughs> yeah, for her for her run. Um, and so people were like, uh, "Well, you know, you seem to be like best buds with him." They there there's you know pictures of them for years hanging out at premieres and at parties and you know. Like you're gonna tell me you of all people like the the Clinton freaking political machine who found a picture of like Barack Obama in a dashiki from like you know the nineties <laughs> like didn't know that that one of their biggest donors was like a fucking sexual predator. Um, well, you know, and I go back to somebody like Hillary. Okay, so her husband has been clearly guilty of this behavior, and and I maybe. With her generation, you know, there is a sense of this is just men, right? And in the world that she lives in, these are politicians. This is what they do. Maybe there's a level of, you know, you're no longer even disgusted at it because that's just reality. But regardless, if you want to be this champion of women and you want to talk about all the glass ceilings you're shattering and and all of this shit, you need to come out strong on something like this. And she just, she failed. She was silent for a bunch of days. And then I think the ultimate statement was pretty weak. Yeah, so her statement, um, and, uh, Hillary released just a ridiculously uh, unsatisfactory statement, uh, and it took her five days to do so. Five days, five full days after the, this story broke, it took her to release a statement condemning him, because, of course, Hillary Clinton has to focus group every fucking thing she does. We know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure she ran this by, you know, 50 to 60 staffers who were all just like, uh, that's really, that's all you're going to say? Like, really? Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, Queen. I mean, Madam Secretary. Um, so her statement was, uh, I was shocked and appalled by the revelations about Harvey Weinstein. The behavior, described by, the, the behavior described by women coming forward cannot be tolerated. Not the behavior of Harvey Weinstein. Uh, the behavior described <laughs> by women. Described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their courage and support of other, uh, their courage and the support of others is critical in helping stop this kind of behavior. Uh, I, I, I guess my my phone cut out because there's nothing else. Oh no, wait. Oh, that was the end of the statement. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Like what the fuck? Not even like my heart breaks for the victims of of like nothing. That is the oh my god. That is fucking horrible. Like, uh, like it's so weak. It's so weak, and it's like considering what you fucking clearly, you know, are hiding about this situation. It's like really, really. Well, I'm just gonna read. So I have, you know, this, and this pisses me off too. Uh, he's on the cover, Weinstein, of Time Magazine this week, and the the cover just says uh, producer, predator, pariah. And I, in my mind, he shouldn't even fucking be given a cover. I understand that, you know, he's part of the subject, but there are so many women that came forward that were. As far as I'm concerned, heroes, heroines in this, you know, Rose McGowan in particular, um, Ashley Judd and others. But there's a long list of people in here. Um, Emily Nestor, Lauren Savon, Liza Campbell, Asia Argento, who I guess goes out with um, Anthony Bourdain. And he put out a statement on this. Rosanna Arquette, Angelina Jolie. Um, eventually, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow came out, Cara Delevingne. I mean, so many people. And the, the, the champion of women, the one that we're supposed to hold above all others, comes out with this bullshit. It just well, it, it just, pissed me off. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, 
I don't know how many different examples you need of Hillary Clinton not only being not only not being a feminist but being detrimental to women like I, I, it, she's just so bad. I mean, just think back to all the <laughs> shit she did during Bill's fucking like trials. The way she shamed those the, the women that accused her husband of sexual assault or you know or just consensual uh, relation. You know, it's just. Like right. Jennifer Flowers, she, you know, she... Yeah, like, who's going to believe whore, them or like, something along those lines, yeah. That she would crucify her. You're like, you know, I mean, these people, like... God, I, you know, I, I just can't get over it. And it's like, we're still dealing with people, like, arguing uh, that any criticism of Hillary Clinton is fucking, like, some anti-feminist talk. And it's, like, makes me crazy. It's like, she's not a feminist. She's bad for women. Like, she's really bad for women. She doesn't give a fuck about women. She doesn't give a fuck about the fucking poor women in Libya that, she, you know, that we bombed the shit out of and we turned into a failed state. She doesn't give a shit. She's right. a fucking rich oligarch, just like her husband, just like all of her fucking buddies, just like Harvey Weinstein. And all they want to do is fucking throw as much money as they can towards their political ends to make themselves more money. Like, they don't care about fucking social co- She wouldn't come around to gay marriage until 2013. Like, I don't understand how this myth of Hillary Clinton is a good person who cares about people. It's fucking well, ridiculous. And it was so interesting because people are like, why are you all, you know, getting on the Democrats about this, right? You know, this is this is an issue that affects, you know, both sides of the aisle. And you've got, you know, Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. And yes, we have a list on both sides. That's clear. The problem is that that Democrats hold themselves up to be these champions of women, champions of justice and civil rights and all of these things. And then when it's really time to show up for these things, like, for example, oh, I don't know, the Women's Convention. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. So so. drama this week, because God forbid Bernie Sanders was invited to be the opening night speaker at this women's convention that's coming up. And all hell broke loose because why don't you have a woman on opening night? Why don't you have women? And first of all, a lot of people had missed the earlier announcement that Maxine Waters was actually the keynote speaker. So that was the first piece of it. They had announced that weeks before. Nobody picked up on that. But the second that Bernie's there, everybody's all pissed off. And they will flee, I think. Yeah. They want to relitigate the election again. And so then after all of this, it comes out, guess what? Hillary Clinton was asked and turned it down. And I guarantee you it was because they couldn't meet her fee. I guarantee you it was a financial decision. No, well, so she, okay. So Kamala Harris was also asked, uh, but she has a big money fundraiser that night. So she <laughs> make it. Swear to God. Uh, and Hillary Clinton had a big uh, book tour meet and greet. You know, the, the book tour that she's charging like $3,000 for yeah. VIP passes, like yeah. meet her. She has a book tour engagement that night. So they were both asked. Hillary Clinton was asked to be the keynote. You don't um, think they could have moved a book tour thing for a huge women's convention if they had wanted to, if the fee had been right? Guarantee you they could have. Well, just like she she was asked to come to the fucking women's march and she didn't because she doesn't give a fuck. Like, I cannot describe, I cannot stress enough that she does not give a fuck. Uh, our buddy Jeremy, though, he posted a really good, I, I'm not sure if he wrote it himself or if he's reposting it, but it looks like it's, kind of just written in Microsoft Word, so actually might have been him that wrote it. Right. Um, he co-hosted with me last week, by the way. So, uh, evolution of establishment rage against Bernie speaking at the women's convention. I'm so angry Bernie Sanders demanded to be the keynote speaker. <laughs> he was invited, and he's not the main speaker. Maxine Waters, right. a staunch Clinton loyalist, is. Then I'm so mad he's opening the convention. 
he's not. He's one of sixty speakers. <laughs> what is what is a man speaking at this convention for anyway? Uh, <laughs> there's another man speaking too, not a peep about him. And remember that Bill Clinton actually headlined the Emily's List Gala in 2016. Well, that was the other piece of this that was just, they came out swinging hard after this saying, you know, they were essentially like they were going to boycott it or they were, you know, super opposed to it and everything. Which is by the way, funded by Hillary Clinton. So let's be clear about what what this, you know, what their issue really is. You know, basically fundraising. So the big thing was a lot of people said they were going to donate their money that Weinstein gave them to Emily's list, and they had to walk that back because people were like, "Motherfucker, it's just gonna go right back to where it came from." They all they do yeah. is give you people money. Like, what do you? <laughs> so I think a lot of them walked that back, but I I I, th- I hope people follow up and do due dil- due diligence on that because I would not be shocked if that money literally just being returned back into the coffers of whoever you know donated the money that Hillary Clinton or that uh, Harvey of course gave them. Um, of course. So continuing that uh, the, the, the evolution of rage against Bernie speaking at the women's convention, why isn't Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris speaking instead? Uh, they were invited along with others and had scheduling conflicts. <laughs> uh, then I'm so mad they invited somebody who supports anti-choice candidates. Uh, Bernie Sanders has a 100% lifetime rating by Planned, uh, by Planned Parenthood. <laughs> he did support one candidate for Omaha mayor who had some bad votes. But Heath Mello was endorsed by the local Planned Parenthood. Uh, Mello's views were no worse than Tim Kaine or Joe Biden. Uh, Obama's DNC chair had also said that this should not be a litmus test, but there's no outrage over any of that. And I'll, I'll add to that, um, Bernie Sanders has been more of a champion for women's issues than uh, a lot of other people, including some women in the fucking Senate. Bernie Sanders, in his Medicare for All bill, actually put in a provision in there to repeal the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment, uh, for people that don't know, is the uh, amendment that does not allow federal funding to be used towards abortions. Right. Like, previously, you know, you could use federal funding towards abortions. Um, and, you know, that a Republican senator uh, put forth an amendment that, you know, passed that said you cannot use any federal funding, you have to pay out of pocket. Uh, which is not a small amount. It's you know three hundred dollars plus for an abortion, um, which is a lot of money if you're poor. Or if you're you know like that, right. so just you know. I, and I'm not saying I'm not, you know there, there's arguments to. I, I personally think it should be uh, able to be covered by you know by Medicaid funding, but that's you know that's an argument. That's not an argument. I <laughs> that's not a hill I'm trying to die on. But right, uh, right. But so, even so, that's an insanely progressive pro-choice uh, thing for Bernie to do uh, that, by the way, Tim Kaine doesn't even support. They asked him recently, he was on TV, Tim Kaine, you know, Hillary's vice president, not uh, vice presidential pick, uh, fucking lightning rod of excitement, Tim Kaine. They asked him about the Hyde Amendment, and he says, I, my position on that's clear, uh, because in the past he said I, he does not support repealing the Hyde Amendment. He doesn't believe in federal funding going towards abortions. He personally said he's pro-life, but he doesn't vote that way. He said he's personally pro-life, but he doesn't vote that way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is acceptable, as long as you're not you know, voting against women's right to choose. I think if you're personally... I mean, look, nobody's fucking pro... You know, abort like nobody wants right. to have an abortion. I mean, right. it's just a matter of whether or not you think the federal government should... should 
league should like literally make it illegal. I mean, that's that's the difference. So Tim, he's, right. he's you know far to the left of, of Hillary's vice presidential nominee Tim Kaine, and and far to the left of Hillary, who said that she would compromise on uh, an abortion ban after a certain number of weeks. Number of weeks, the, yeah. It, it, as long as there were provisions in there for the protection of uh, the mother's health in case, you know. Uh, so, it, it, this, this whole concept of, of <laughs> Bernie Sanders as the literally the most popular politician in the world, you know, the most uh, important progressive voice in the, in the party right now. There was outrage, a great... Uh, there was a great tweet on this. So Joy Reid tweeted out, hell, even the women's march movement is centering a man who dismisses women's control of her own bodies as secondary, right? So, so, you know, basically bashing his record, which, as you pointed out, is ridiculous. And uh, someone, Brie Brie Joy, Brie Brie Joy says, centrist feminism, the right to choose unless you've chosen Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) So true, so true. Um, so yeah, that was ridiculous. But just um, back onto the Weinstein thing for a second. So you yep. mentioned Asia Argento, who, by the way, her father is one of my favorite directors of all time, Dario Argento. He uh, directed Suspiria. He's a great uh, Italian horror director. Um, but that's irrelevant. Um, but <laughs> he, so she's dating Anthony Bourdain. So Anthony Bourdain uh, saw Hillary's statement and was like, "Like really? This is this is all you got?" And he's like. Uh, no, what Hillary Clinton is not, she's not stupid or unsophisticated about the world. The Weinstein stories have been out there for years. Um, so in response to that, Adam Park, Parkamento, um, who is a Hillary Clinton advisor and actually works at uh, Onward Together, even though he describes himself as a grassroots activist in his Twitter bio. Just <laughs> fucking hilarious. I... I I told I, I asked Ladonna if she knew about this before we started, and she said she had not heard of this. So I wanted to see yeah. her reaction for the podcast. He quote tweeted that and replied, "On Hillary Clinton's wedding anniversary, Anthony Bourdain has nothing better to do than attack her." Sad. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! It's because the world so is first of all shameless. supposed to know that, and you know, and Asia Argento. So she says Weinstein performed oral sex on her without her consent in 97. And and this is the weak shit that they come out with against yeah. that? His, uh, Anthony Bourdain's fucking girlfriend was literally raped by Harvey Weinstein. And this asshole is literally, you know, like attacking Anthony Bourdain because he had the gall to question, you know, Queen Mother's fucking response to this. this On her oh-so-sacred anniversary, which, by the way, I mean, the word is that she and Bill haven't spoken in a couple of years, I think. Oh, my God. Did you, well, uh, you know, I, I, it's a little gossipy because it came from page six in the post, but... Yeah. There, there was this... Uh, did I send this to you, that story about the... Um, about how Bill uh, read through her manuscript for, for what happened and basically went through it with a red pen and made a million corrections. It was like this. I don't think can't. so. So basically there's several reports. I think the daily mail also reported it, which are both gossip rags, but you know, that doesn't mean they're not true. They've broken stories in the past. Yeah. Um, unfortunately they're, they're becoming more true than a lot yeah, of the regular papers these days. Um, so a close Clinton friend, uh, said that basically Bill went through when she got, she gave him the manuscript. He went through it with a red pen and made a million corrections. And like, you can't do this. Like this book is not, 
not that it's not good like grammatically but it's like you it, this makes you look terrible like you cannot do this um and he went through it and she was like no is going to the publisher i'm not making any revisions this is how it's going to be and apparently he said to her like you cannot call it what happened people are just going to say you lost that's what happened you can't call it what happened <laughs> I would love to be there. So he got so frustrated with her that he uh, uh, allegedly threw the manuscript in the trash after she wouldn't <laughs> revise it. And they haven't spoken in several weeks. Um, which is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, though. I mentioned that page six being a trash thing that kind of publishes real news. Gawker, uh, for everyone that celebrates the demise of Gawker, because it happened to be a little bit tabloidish and trashy, yeah. Gawker reported on Harvey Weinstein in 2014 and was trying to get this out there. They had a story about Harvey Weinstein and the rumors regarding him and his abusive uh, young actresses, and it didn't get any traction, and it just kind of went away. So anyone that celebrates the death of uh, journal, you know, like outlets like Gawker. And I know we talked about a while back that documentary about the Hulk Hogan Gawker right. sex tape trot. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just the words Cringe. in combination. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. Um, but uh, so, you know, those papers serve a fucking purpose. Like, and, you well, know, and you know, exactly. And powerful, powerful forces suppress this story. Let's be real about this. Oh, the yeah. bosses at NBC suppressed this story and lots of others did. So, you know, clearly there were, there were people out there trying to get this story out. It was very well known. I'm sorry. Any, any Hollywood, you know, person who was in his movies and is trying to, you know, act like they didn't know this, you're a fucking liar. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Like you're shit. <laughs> Especially the big stars. Like, I don't, you know, if you're, like, a random, like, character actor who happened to be in one Weinstein movie, I'm not going to say that you definitely knew, but Ben Affleck, Kevin Smith, like, a lot of these people who were, like, friendly with Harvey Weinstein. And were powerful enough at a certain point to be able to call it out, right? Tarantino, yeah. Yeah, at a certain point, they reached a level where they could have said, now, you know, if the question, and, and this is sort of an interesting angle on it, because... You know, it's said that basically Weinstein doesn't do a movie unless you give him head or something else. So, you know, it makes you wonder, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, some of these people, you know, that are all out there smiling or whatever. What what you know, those guys were nobodies at a certain point when their movie got picked up. So, you know, is there were they, you know, potentially involved in this shit, too? What were they willing to do to be able to get their parts? And then, you know, the, the code of silence that that goes along with that. It's it's insane. Yeah. No, really is. Uh, it's disgusting. And it's it's just unbelievable how complicit. Why do you think NBC quashed the story? Because they very clearly tried to suppress the story. I mean, we, we you know, if you read Ronan Farrow's report, he details how many witnesses he had and how and how much evidence he had. And NBC just wouldn't run it. He had to leave and go to the New Yorker to run it. Um, I think there's there could be a lot of things. I mean, and certainly there are going to be financial ties, you know, advertising, you know, for movies and things like that. So so that could be one piece of it. The other piece of it could be that let's Weinstein is very likely not alone in this, and it's very possible that other bosses at NBC and you know at other networks all know about each other's behaviors and therefore don't feel like they have any talking room because they're a part of the same stupid bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I wonder, and, and you know, this is semi-conspiratorial, but I think it's, it's based in, in some 
solid evidence. Um, you know, when Jenk got fired, or when well, when he left uh, MSNBC, Jenk from the Young Turks, mm-hmm. he was doing a lot of segments on Obama's drone strikes and criticizing Obama for it, and you know just what was happening there. And he got a talking to from uh, I, I forget the guy's name, but the executive producer at MSNBC, and he said, "Jenk, look, you can't do this. We're the you know we're the home <laughs> we're the home team. You you you, you can't." He's so critical of the Democrat, basically saying, like, look, we're here to serve the, you know, the Democratic establishment. You cannot. Right. We, he actually literally said to him, like, look, rebels are cool, but we're not rebels. <laughs> we're the establishment. You know, <laughs> watch that whole clip. I, I, I'll actually drop the audio from that clip in here because it's really funny. Well, this is the TV moment or movie moment. I got pulled in and they told me. Hey, listen, uh, we were just, or it was actually one specific person, the head of MSNBC. He said, I was just in Washington, and people in Washington tell me that they're concerned about your tone. I was like, whoa, what? You know, despite all the things that I've said about the mainstream media, I still view that as kind of like theoretical. Like a real person, are they really gonna say that? I was like, and I'm naively thinking, what does he mean? Did he talk to his friend Bob in Washington? (laughs) But <laughs> why would you say people in Washington if you meant, oh, yeah, I was talking to my buddy down at the shop about you. It just happened to be that he was a person in Washington. And you wouldn't frame it that way, right? But I'm still thinking that. And then he gives me the second part of the speech. Hey, listen, Jenk, outsiders are cool. And they wear, I think he might have said something like, they wear leather jackets, they ride bikes. I think I'm an outsider. I don't ride bike. But <laughs> I have a terrible leather jacket. Anyway, he said, I'd love to be an outsider. Outsiders are cool. But we're not. We're insiders. We are the establishment. And I just kind of sat back. I was like, wow, this is it. This is the speech. Um, But so, you know, MSNBC derives so much of their financial stability, I think, from the Democratic Party. That's kind of a cyclical. I mean, all their hosts are clearly, you know, the Joy Joy Reid. Joy Reid hasn't had a fucking original opinion in 10 years. Like, She just gets, you know, a list of talking points sent to her every morning in a nice little email. Well, you can say they're all in bed together, and now we know they're literally all in bed together. Apparently, it's whether they like it or not. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, genuinely, I think, I mean, it's not just MSNBC. It's NBC. It's Comcast, NBC. Mm -hmm. It's that that corporation. uh, It's just like Fox is friendly with the Republican Party. You know, NBC is a Democratic uh, stronghold, and they, they... are in a cyclical relationship with the democratic establishment. So, and it wasn't just them because, so there was something else that, that went on on Twitter. So when Rose McGowan spoke out and, you know, Ben Affleck put out his statement and she called him out and said it was bullshit. She, she tweeted out Ben Affleck, fuck off. And she got her account suspended. Yeah. And there were different, you know, the reason people said it was because of the fuck off thing or it was because of this, that, whatever the reason was, she had her account suspended. And so Twitter rose up, much of Twitter anyway, except for a lot of the neoliberals, unfortunately, uh, much of Twitter rose up and decided to, you know, boycott it um, yesterday, you know, to, to ban it for silencing women for speaking out against, uh, you know, people who rape, abusers, whatever, for, for calling out the truth. Um, it was really unfortunate, but it just shows again that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, these social media outlets, the media is the media. They're all establishment. They're all in cahoots. And it's becoming more and more difficult to get the truth out there. Yeah, no, it really is. 
Yeah, and Twitter's fucking disgusting. I mean, Twitter, you know, doesn't suspend Nazis and people who literally threaten, like, other women with rape and violence and, like, but they'll suspend people for, like, cursing at, you know, powerful people because it's, you know... It, it, it's, just, it's just fucking... It, Twitter is, is a fucking cesspool. There is an interesting conversation, though, to be had about whether or not we want Twitter censoring anything because we've seen that the only time they seem to apply it is when it's against uh, the oppressed who are speaking up to power. They never right. they never seem to apply it to the fucking neo-Nazis that infest this website, so... Well, I've been a part of enough Twitter parties and enough large-scale events now that I can flat out tell you that their trending topics are bullshit, that they are now cherry-picking their trending topics oh, yeah, because totally there are trending topics that are, you know, 3,000 tweets. When you've got 300,000 tweets about something else, it becomes extremely difficult to get through the noise because they are controlling the, the narrative once again. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just really fucked up. And it was interesting, the dialogue, because, you know, there were some women that boycotted like I did and, you know, some some men as well joined. And then there were some that stayed on there and said, no, you know, if you're if you're not on here, then you're a part of being silenced, too. But I mean, my point is, I was trying to deprive them of advertising revenue. I was not silent on that day. I just chose a different platform and their advertisers didn't get my eyes on that particular day. And that was in solidarity to send a message to them. Look, you fuckers. You depend on us. Women are a powerful voice. And if you're going to continue to do this kind of stuff unevenly, um, we do have other options. And so it was interesting, um, you know, to see both sides of that argument that, you know, um, you should stay on there and be speaking more or, you know, the other side of it. But mm. yeah, no, it, I definitely. Um, you know, another story that came out because of the Weinstein story, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure some of the listeners are familiar with screen junkies which is like kind of an online uh media empire you know like kind of geek and pop culture <clears throat> empire so their creator andy signore uh who's also the host of movie fights which is a show slash podcast that i really enjoy um and also i'm sure people have seen honest trailers he was the creator of that uh after the Weinstein stuff happened, a bunch of women came forward and were like, hey, uh, Andy Signore does the exact same thing. He, you know, <laughs> basically tried to trade sexual favors for a spot on the show. He, you know, some women say he actually, you know, kind of pressured them into meeting with him and sexually assaulted them. So Go figure. Men yeah. in power doing that? I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. Somebody who literally controls like a media company using his power to sleep with women uh, against their will. I, I, you know, I'm surprised, but uh, so that, that happened this week. And a lot of people were just like, kind of like, you know, in a way it's really good that this stuff is coming out because it is giving women that kind of encouragement to come forward. And it's not to say that they, it's so hard for someone to come forward when nobody else has come forward, like to be the first one to do it. You know, it's like, it really is because you're, you're not believed. I mean, we, we did a, a tweet chat with the hashtag believe women and, you know, 
the stories, I mean, I, I was almost tearful hearing some of them, you know, things that happened to people when they were children, a gazillion workplace stories and, and women not reporting it because they were alone or they were cornered or they didn't feel that they would be believed. This continues today. This is not over by any stretch. This is not shit that just happened in the 60s. This is continuing in the workplace, inappropriate jokes, inappropriate touching, people feeling like they have an entitlement to someone else's body. Um, it's disgusting. And, and so, you know, by no means do I blame the victim, but I also feel like we, everyone else who surrounds, um, you know, these types of incidents, we have to speak up. We have to be willing to be in solidarity. We have to put our necks out there too, um, or, or it won't change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Uh, so speaking of creeps, um, <laughs> we were talking about how, you know, this is this happens on both sides. I mean, we've seen, you know, Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly and, uh, you know, the, uh, countless Republicans on the Republican side. And then, of course, Harvey Weinstein, uh, Bill Clinton, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, Anthony Weiner. Anthony I mean, Weiner. Yeah. Um, people forget how creepy, you know, and I don't know for sure if there have been any accusations of actual sexual misconduct, but it's been fairly well documented how creepy Joe Biden is. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> countless videos. So many photos of him and, and, you know, reaching out for women's shoulders, which uh, that was another real theme in the, in the tweet chat, people talking about, and, and I've experienced this too, um, for some reason, some people don't understand that you can't just reach out and give someone a shoulder massage anytime you want, especially someone of the opposite sex when they don't ask for it. Like guys listening. Okay. If you feel like you need advice on this, let me just tell you, unless a woman asks for it, never fucking reach out for her shoulders, never touch her. Yeah. Like, like what? I said, it's yes. amazing that this is like something we need to tell people like, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, Joe Biden is like a noted creep. Uh, there's, you know, video of him, at, at, like at press conferences too. It's not just like, you know, like- And the women's facial expressions. Every time you, you can just see the cringes on their faces. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I mentioned him because he's been in the news a lot lately. Because um, mm. it's very apparent that Bernie Sanders is running again in 2020 uh, and that he's the most popular politician in the country. So, you know, the establishment is going fucking, you know, they're foaming <laughs> at the mouth right now. They're going apeshit over this. We've seen their reaction, their overreactions to things like him being one of 60 speakers at the women's uh, convention. Right. But Joe Biden is making the rounds because he's clearly testing the waters for a 2020 run. Um, <laughs> Politico wrote an article about how he's running on a platform of uh, anti-populism. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because being against the people is really that's the way a to go fucking right now. awesome strategy they've, they've learned so much from 2016 i mean literally anti-populism means like anti-people like I, I, don't, I don't understand how this is basically he, he's going to consider himself the centrist anecdote to bernie and trump's rhetoric basically um oh, and he's doing a fucking bang-up job already campaigning i mean he's he, he was in a, he had a speech the other day and he's like look people uh he basically said look uh you know rich people are as patriotic as poor people uh you know and i know bernie doesn't like when i say that he literally said that 
<laughs> I know Bernie doesn't. Oh, really? I'm sorry. Just Bernie? Just Bernie doesn't like when you say that rich people are more patriotic or, or, or <laughs> just, just as patriotic, patriotic as poor people? <laughs> Can we just talk about it's not about love for our country, but it's about, you know, people, uh, you know, getting a fair shake. I mean, if you want me to to have some loyalism for this country, to loyalty to it, then, you know, let me feel like everyone has a fair deal here that, you know, we're such a ridiculous <laughs> statement. Like, what the fuck are you think? Like, even if you want to run, like, what the fuck? Who is that popular with that statement? Like well, bot- you know, people you're- don't know Joe Biden. All they know him from, the, the people that are pushing him up, and I've seen so many different, um, you know, surveys of, you know, who should run, and, and you know, he's always in the, the front of the pack with Kamala Harris and these others, but they, they think of him in terms of the funny memes with him and Barack Obama, right? They, that's what they perceive. They don't think about the guy that was completely in bed with MBNA and taking all of the money from the credit card companies and, you know, being on their side and not on the side of the people. They don't look at his actual legislative record. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, no. And, and, and as you said, it's not good. There are definitely things in there where he's not uh, been on the side of the people. And it's like people like are, are like, oh, yeah, he's he's like a nice guy. He's an affable guy. But when you really dig into what he believes in, I mean, he's to the right of Barack Obama, I would say. And I, I, I don't at think best, he's everyone's creepy grandpa. At yeah. best, right? <laughs> and yeah. I don't need another fucking creepy grandpa in in any kind of office. We've got enough of them. No, I know. I want, we we want a nice grandpa like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yes, and a lovable grandpa, not a fucking weirdo who like massages people's shoulders without them asking. You know. And still doesn't get it, even after being told. That, that's the part that I just don't understand. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm sure, considering how well it did in 2016, it's gonna it's gonna be a great strategy for 2020. This message of anti people. Um, because, can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. But you know, unfortunately, and and there was actually a poll recently done where Bernie, uh, kind of trounced Biden in a poll of like, you know, 2020 potentials. It was like. Bernie, Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie led the pack by like eight points. Oh, yeah. Uh, So that being said, that eight points can be closed if the Democrats pull the same bullshit that they pulled in 2016 with, you know, all the, you know, the voter suppression that they did, essentially. Right. They would like, you know, celebrate open primaries, make sure you limit the debates down from 20 something down to six. Yeah, if you're listening to this right now, register to vote like every week. <laughs> Just keep going to make sure. Just because... check it every week. Make sure you're still <laughs> registered. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's <laughs> fucking insane. For 2018 New York primaries, Democratic primaries, you needed to have registered yesterday. Yeah. To vote in the fucking Democratic primaries <laughs> in March or May or whenever they're going to be of next year. So... Yeah, but yeah, the Republicans are the only ones who try to do voter suppression. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, so that that that's gonna work out great. Um, but I I also wanted to talk about before we got out of here the uh, NFL situation because we had a lot of chat on that in the last few weeks, um, and it's died down somewhat. Actually, it's spreading now across the pond into Europe. The take really? the knee. Yeah, I was just reading about that today. Died down in the NFL, unfortunately. No. <laughs> um, because, you know, it, like I said, uh, you know, we had this conversation with Rachel, and I and she kind of, we, we went back and forth about it a little bit. 
about how I thought it was really like for show and it was all like a big anti-Trump thing and nobody was kneeling or uh, locking arms in the spirit of actually what the original protest was, which was to protest police brutality. And right. So people gave Jerry Jones a lot of credit um, <laughs> during the, the week, like the day after when everyone did the kneeling and everything after the Trump statements, because he knelt with his team before the anthem. And I said that that's not acceptable. Uh, and I was told I was being ridiculous and that, that, that was enough. Uh, that was, you know, the same, but, uh, no point is it supposed to be a fucking commentary on the anthem and on this country and on the fact that the anthem, uh, has a fucking third verse, which celebrates killing slaves. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone knows. Yeah. There's a verse about putting the slaves in their graves. I mean, that's literally, you know, one of the lines in the fucking, uh, third verse of the Star Spangled Banner, which they, they, you know, omit when they do it now, but. How convenient. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, it's, it's like the, it's like one of the verses of Hallelujah from Leonard Cohen that people just leave. Yeah. It's the same. It's no big deal. Um, but, so Jerry Jones, uh, you know, made a big show of, oh, I, I took a knee with my players before the anthem. and uh, You know who else he made take a knee? <laughs> a bunch of young women. Um, yeah, oh, th- there were, yeah, pictures that came out of him, uh, you know, pushing women's faces down um, into his crotch and, you know, him with, you know, other young girls. I don't know. You know, it, it appeared they were smiling. It appeared to be consensual. But they were strippers. Um, yeah so jerry so the reason we bring up jerry jones who who, like i said you know i thought was basically you know doing bullshit pr uh is because the week after he came out with a statement that said that uh he will bench any players that disrespect the flag so uh (laughs) apparently uh he wasn't super into the whole protesting police brutality and standing up for black players thing he just did it because he thought it would be a good PR move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Bastion of Integrity Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, also released a statement where he said he thinks all players should stand for the anthem. And they're apparently in the middle right now of deliberating with all the owners as to whether or not to pass a fucking rule that forces players to stand for the anthem. Uh, at the behest of the President of the United States, which is the government telling you that you don't have the free speech to say what you want to say or protest in the way you want to protest. Uh, well, it's not shocking either, given what he wants to do with the FCC and, you know, taking away network privileges so and all sorts of it's shit. such a blatant violation of the First Amendment. It's like... Oh my God. And yet we don't have a government because the Republicans aren't saying shit. We are without representation right now for anything that breaks the law. Anything that is against, it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. It's just so insane to me. I mean, this forced patriotism is one of the most disgusting. I mean, this is the shit that North Korea does. Or like, you know, I know other countries make you, you know, stand when you go to the movies or like, you know, uh, I, I believe Jank on an episode of the young Turks was saying how in Turkey, they play the Turkish national anthem before movies and everyone stands in the theater. Like, do you want to be that in America? Is that what you want? Like people who, who think that players shouldn't kneel or that it's impolite to kneel or 
Well, there are enough free thinkers in this country, too, that the second that you tell us we have to, you know, my visceral reaction is, fuck no, I'm not going to do it. So then I kind of almost go, shit, maybe this is all Putin's plan, right? (laughs) To get us all to be, you know, anti-government and divide us and pick us all apart. I don't know. I'm not sure if you know, but he did swing the election with uh, $100,000 in Facebook ads, apparently swung the election. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Christ. <laughs> um, but you know, I just like it's just such bullshit that people bought into their fucking fake bullshit. And the same with the arm linking thing, how people were like, "Oh yeah, that's enough." No, it's fucking not because Trump the week after was like, or the day after rather was like, "Linking arms is good, kneeling is bad, kneeling is unacceptable." Like he literally had a tweet like that that was like, "Well." This it bothers me so much because the people that really have the power here are the players, right? There, you know, there's a, a large number of African American men in the NFL that could own this shit, that could unite and just say, "Fuck you" to the establishment, unite on this, send a message, and, and it would be done. And so, I don't know, you know, the the threat of their paychecks, whatever else, but it seems to me that they don't realize the the power that they do have if they just united on this. Yeah, and you know. I think to me the real problem is the white players. There's not one fucking prominent white player standing up for his teammates and kneeling with them. You know, Tom Brady, fucking Aaron Rodgers, all these guys, all these quarterbacks especially, have a ton of fucking power. Like, you think the Patriots are going to bench Tom Brady if he fucking deals with his teammates? Like, of course not. Right, right. But he's more concerned about his advertising deals and other stuff. Yeah. Well, he's also a MAGA douchebag. I mean, he had a he had a Make America Great Again hat in his locker last year during the election. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't expect him to, to, you know, actually take a fucking principled stand. But all these guys who claim they, they support, even Aaron Rodgers, had, had good comments when they asked him about Colin Kaepernick. And he basically is like, yeah, no, he's being blackballed. Great, so yeah. why don't you fucking take a stand and, you know, show solidarity with him by kneeling during the anthem? But yeah. it's it's like that they've just been conditioned to buy into this narrative that kneeling for the anthem is unpatriotic, which just is so fucking ridiculous and couldn't be any further from the truth. Like, I don't, you know, there's so many things that are just, like, taken as a given in this country in terms of narratives that are just, just fucking maddening. Like, they're so... I continue to go back to, you know, you want to look at who's in power, look at who you're not allowed to criticize. You know, you're not allowed to criticize the military and, you know, God forbid you say anything that's, you know, against the flag or, you know, against our country or, you know, it's, it's insane. And it's getting worse. Uh, Every day, it seems like it's getting worse. And um, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, (laughs) me neither. But... um... (laughs) But so, I'm going to keep fighting because, you know, that's what I do. That's what you do. We, we keep trying to, uh, you know, work on campaigns and, and support progressives and, you know, get these people elected that are they're going to be willing to speak out and speak truth to power and, and get all of the corporate money out of elections. But, you know, it's, it is going to take unity. It is going to take all of the speaking out. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you mentioned uh, to me earlier before we went on the air, you wanted to give out some phone numbers before we signed off. 
I do, just because of, you know, some of the stories that we talked about in this episode and because of all the things happening in the media right now, I want to make sure that people do have resources if they need them. So if you are experiencing any kind of harassment, um, violations of your civil rights, you can always reach out to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EOC. Uh, the hotline for them is 1-800-669-4000. I said this uh, on Twitter earlier this week. I used to work in corporate HR. If you're in a large corporation, please understand HR is not your friend. They're a function of risk management. They're there to protect the organization. If you're experiencing something, uh, you know, unwanted attention or something inappropriate, make sure that you consult a lawyer, um, you know, and get some advice for what to do on things. And uh, another resource um, is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or RAIN, um, also at RAINN.org. Um, and their hotline, and that's 24 7, is 800 656 HOPE or 800-656-4673. So those are a couple of resources. There's a lot more online and you can always uh, direct message me at polybent at P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. If you need additional resources, I'm happy to help. Great, yeah, awesome. Um, And, you know, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and share it out with your friends. Oh, you know, one more quick thing I wanted to mention, because uh, I, I saw it today. It just made me fucking crazy. Uh, Tom Perez, uh, my favorite person <laughs> in the whole world. He won't go away. <laughs> no, no. So, you know, he's he's been doing a bang-up job so far uh, as DNC chairman. Uh, you know, the funding is in the fucking toilet. They've had their worst fundraising months consistently since the election that they've ever... That they had since, I believe it was 03, uh, when the Democrats were totally complicit in the run-up to the Iraq war, because their funding, uh, their fundraising was way down during that period, because everyone was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people, why aren't you fighting, so nobody gave them money. Uh, so fundraising is on par with that period uh, of the Democrats' existence. So he just hired a bunch of... Uh, deputy finance chairs or vice finance or you know i I forget exactly the name basically a a a finance chair board um and one of the people that he hired was a uh anti-union lobbyist who lobbied against minimum wage uh for the dnc finance chair (laughs) so if you (laughs) weren't sure people (laughs) yeah so if you weren't sure if uh, Tom Perez was somehow going to turn into this amazing progressive who was going to fight for your values, um, I think you can be sure now that that's exactly what's happening. Is that he's totally making sure he's fighting for the people. Um, you know, I, th- this party is fucked. I, like, I, I really... I don't know that there is a party anymore. I mean, I, you know, for people that I talk to across the country, races where the Democrats could clearly be competitive, they're not even trying. And I, I really think that their funding is so bad that I'm not sure that there really is a party at all. It's just a show at this point. And um, God, I hope Bernie or somebody else is able to put something else together, a people's party or something in place of this, because what we have isn't going to change and it's not working. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Don't see the situation getting any better, so we just got to fucking beat them. Um, but yeah, that about does it for us this week. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes uh, and share out the podcast so we can uh, get more ears on it. 
We are in the process of uh, working on setting up a Patreon, so I will definitely uh, give you guys more info on that when that's all running. We're, we're thinking about some kind of creative uh, incentives we can offer <laughs> for, for mm-hmm. Patreon you know, subscriptions. Um, one of them may or may not center around the uh, highly anticipated Peter Dow podcast. Uh, <laughs> The Dow of Tao, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> the Dow of Dow. The Dow of politics. He should have called it the Dow of Dow. Like D-A-O yeah. of D-A-O-U. <laughs> but he's not a very creative man. Uh, so uh, so I, I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens when that comes out, and I'll get back to you on that. But, stay uh, tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, and uh, we will catch you next week on Move Left, Idiots. Antifa!